from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Join now on the flagship podcast by the one and only Brian Jones. I mean, BJ, it's so great to see you. We we did not call each other, by the way, about our pink shirts for those of us watching <laughs> on the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. But Brian Jones, former Longhorn, former NFL linebacker, now a college football analyst extraordinaire with CBS. BJ, how you doing? I'm great, man. A little tired. I was in uh, Dallas for a few days for a big old wedding. Just flew back home and got your text as I was uh, landing and uh, said, heck yeah, I'll, I'll jump on with Mr. Chip Brown, uh, the world famous Chip Brown. Talk a little Longhorns. Talk about your uh, talk about your old team. That's all I did in Dallas, man, at this wedding. Everybody, there were a lot of uh Big Longhorn fan. Let's say the majority of the folks. So uh, I, I guess I'm well oiled for our conversation. <laughs> right. You know what? Just go ahead and relay everything that you said to them. No. Um, some of it I can't. <laughs> okay. Some of it you can't. Okay. That's the stuff we really want to hear, BJ. Um, well, you but know I will keep it real, man. I'm always. Oh yeah. Uh, so let's let's get into it. You've had a chance to kind of digest a little bit from the spring and what you've heard out of fall camp so far. Give me your thoughts on Steve Sarkeesian as the head coach, what you, what you like, what concerns you? Uh, not many concerns. If, if any, I like the choice from the onset and uh, or outset, I should say uh, he was my choice. I wanted someone that could come in, had the experience, had coaching experience, but could sit for a spell. And the other guy who's now, you know, up the highway for me, for me in, in Jacksonville, a ways up the highway, I should say, since I'm in South Florida. Uh, I know he was uh, he, he was uh, number one on the radar early, and, and uh, I wasn't necessarily on that train. I, I thought Sark would be a great pick, and for a couple of reasons. One, he's been a head coach. Two, he's, he's been on championship teams, and I, I'm hoping some of that gravy from his days with Pete Carroll and, of course, with Nick Saban, some of that gravy has spilled over to his plate. And now having a, a second bite at the apple, if you will, after all his trials and and, and travails, uh, that journey, I think, can help that locker room. And he comes from the standard bearer there at, at Alabama, and he's going to know how to develop these guys. And if you go back, and I did some research recently, Chip, and you look at the, the recruiting, and everyone's is, is saying, and I think it's a false narrative, that Texas is making this jump to the SEC because of recruiting. No, it's about dollars and cents, okay? Let's get that straight. And recruiting has nothing to do to do with it because you go back and you look over the last decade, Texas has out-recruited the ruler of the Big 12, which is Oklahoma. Texas is average. Their average recruiting ranking has been where somewhere like 10.5. Oklahoma's 12.7. The highest ranking for an OU class the last decade was six. The highest class for Texas has been three, and that was on two occasions. So what that tells you is that Texas just hasn't developed these players. 
They have not developed them. That cupboard has not been empty. And, and I'm hoping Sark can come in there and, and develop these guys. I think he's the right choice. I, I believe he can get the job done. And lastly, I'll say this, being there for spring, I made a point at that spring game to talk to many folks. And I get along with the janitors just as well as I can get along with the AD. And I made a point to talk to some people who are low on the totem pole, if you will, and Chris Del Conte. And to a man or to a woman, they all said the same thing. There's a sense of urgency. There's more accountability. And he's brought more discipline. And those are the things that are missing. You know as well as I do, Texas has been one of the uh, most penalized teams uh, in the nation over the last few years. Uh, so they, they need the, that discipline. They need that accountability. And I think Coach Sark's bringing that. Okay, real quick, talking to Brian Jones, of course, CBS college football analyst. Okay, why were you not on board with the uh, Urban Meyer train? Because the what happened in Florida, and, and then you had the controversy there that sacked him at, at Ohio State. We've gone through enough in Texas. Yeah. We need to get someone in here, and and I and, and I, I'm very mindful of everything that uh, Sark has had to navigate. Uh, the reason he was let go at, at USC, I get that. So I am hoping, though, what he's had to deal with personally uh, can help in that locker room once again. That journey, that story, and overcoming obstacles will assist him with being forthcoming and truthful with those guys. Listen, you, you players in it, you probably know what I've been through. Uh, and and I, I'm sure as soon as you heard I was getting the job, you, there was a flood of information that came out as far as my background and my missteps, if you will. So I have nothing to hide. And I, I'll, I'll share this. I, I interviewed Hugh Freeze a year ago on our, our CBS show, uh, Inside College Football, CBS Sports Network show. And I asked him, your missteps, your failures, how have you leveraged that in that locker room? And he said, I leverage it every damn day. I can't sugarcoat it. I, I screwed up royally, and I've had I've had a grand opportunity to get back on the sideline and, and, and do something that I love, and that's coach football. And I leveraged that, and I'm, I'm hoping on, off the strength of that conversation I had with Hugh Freeze, Sark can do the same. So Steve Sarkeesian comes in to Texas and he's got to find a quarterback to replace Sam Ellinger. He's got a redshirt freshman in Hudson card. He's got a redshirt junior in Casey Thompson. BJ, you've been in locker rooms at Texas, UCLA, the NFL quarterback is the most important position. The locker room always seems to know who the guy is, how, I mean, how, slippery or <laughs> or you know fraught with peril is this decision for Steve Sarkeesian well he knows that position as well as anyone and the ones he's developed I, I may have been you know we know in Texas you we always say it's a sorry dog that won't wag his own tail well I'm gonna wag mine because everyone was they had basically anointed Bryce Young the quarterback last year much herald probably will be the you know the guy well we know he's going to be the guy heading into this season but we'll see if he lives up to those lofty expectations but he was highly herald coming in and and mac jones i looked at his last three games of, of the season in, in 2019 I was like, 
this guy's fine. He's going to win this job. Uh, Bryce Young, go sit. They said that, that at the beginning of last season. And so for Sark to coach him up, coach Tua up, the ones that came before him, uh, and, and the ones he had at, at, at USC, he along with Lane Kiffin, the guy knows quarterbacks. And just from my vantage point, they're the spring game. It's in, they're neck and neck. I didn't really see any separation. I, I, I saw him getting rid of the rock when they needed to get rid of the rock. Yeah, maybe a misstep here or there or a, a misfire, but they they look damn good. And I was there on the sideline watching this, uh, and, and I was like, wow, they're getting rid of the rock. Man, it's on point. So we'll see how that shakes out, but I have no – I'm not concerned whatsoever with him picking the wrong guy. He's going to pick the right guy. Now, that guy, once he gets the reins to the offense, does he perform? Does he produce? Because I don't think there's going to be uh, any hesitation to say, okay, we got to go elsewhere. Nick Saban didn't hesitate in that national championship game versus Georgia sticking to it in there when uh, Jalen Hurts was not getting it done. So, uh, you know, having seen that, I, I think uh, uh, Coach Sark will know the right guy who wins this gig. But from my vantage point, once again, I thought they were neck and neck. Now it's just in the spring game. Now you've got a whole fall camp to shake this thing out. Well, the best coaching that Sarkeesian may be about to do might be getting the guy who doesn't win the job to stick around and stay right. invested, right? Especially if it's Casey yeah. Thompson, the redshirt junior, who's been waiting three years for this opportunity. If he gets, if it goes to Hudson Card, I mean, Sark's going to have to pull that Matt Castle card and and say, hey that castle never started a game at USC. We got him drafted. He played 12 right. years in the NFL, right? Right. And and with the background that Sark has and, and his, his track record with quarterbacks, why wouldn't you sit a spell? Why wouldn't you sit around? I know I've been waiting. I didn't win it, but I'm still in the number. And who knows when I get another shot, this is a brutal game. It's a physical game. Uh, Mac Jones wasn't expecting to be thrust into action back in 2019, but he was, and he took well advantage of it. So, if I'm Sark and whomever doesn't win the job, I'm relaying that scenario to them. Yeah. You, you want me to get Mac Jones on the phone and, and ask him whether or not he thought he was going to get another shot? I mean, we're eight, nine games into this deal, and now he's he's the main guy. And what did he do with it? He showed up and showed out outside of a couple of fluke plays versus Auburn in the Iron Bowl. I mean, this guy was – Damn good. And he proved that again, that it wasn't a fluke last season. He was phenomenal. So, yeah, you're, you're right. He's going to have to get in there and say, just, just hang with me. Just hang. And, 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 and I hope kids, and we're seeing this a lot in this transfer portal, and I transferred. I transferred for a totally different reason from a lot of these guys. Uh, because I was playing, as you see that UCLA helmet behind me. I was freshman All-American. I was balling. But my heart was with the Longhorns, and we can – you know, in another session, get into the whole reason why I decided to go out west prior to, to returning to the state of Texas. But you can't be afraid of competition. And here's a guy that has seen top-notch competition uh, at USC, at Washington, definitely at Alabama, and, and Coach Sarkeesian. So why wouldn't you trust his football IQ? Why wouldn't you lean on his wealth of knowledge in this space and say, okay, I know I'm anxious. In this immediacy world we now live in, I want to do. I want it now. I get that, but I'm, I'm going to sit here and, and listen and learn from this guy. I'm um, talking to Brian Jones, CBS College Football analyst extraordinaire. 
Okay, before we move on to your side of the ball on defense, what uh, what excites you about the Texas offense and what concerns you? I want to see who's going to emerge at, at, at wide receiver. I believe the more kid is coming back, right? Yep. And uh, he looked damn good. Yep. Uh, so who else steps up? You know, if you look at the Sarkeesian offenses, everyone's involved. I love that. It, tight end the running backs, the, the wide receivers, and he feeds all those mouths. Go, I mean, look at Alabama. And, and you usually hear all this chirping, oh, I'm not getting enough balls here and there from wide receivers. No one chirps. You're going to get your opportunity. You're going to get it. I mean, we're talking about John Mechie III now heading into the season being the main target at Alabama. And he had others out there, like a Heisman Trophy winning Devontae Smith, you know, to throw him off the scent. But yet he still got his. I mean, these guys were over there doing rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to run this route because they knew where the ball was going. That's the type of camaraderie, and that's the type of team. That's the type of team you need. Well, I don't give a damn who's going to get the glory. I'm just going to make sure I do my part. And, and, and so when you have guys who, are, who buy in and not worried about their stats, that's when you know you're cooking with, with gas. So – I, the only concern, you know, maybe offensive line, you know, see how uh, Coach Flood can turn those guys around. There's talent there once again, Chip. The talent's there. Yeah. And, and now they're going to get a new kick in the behind. And I know they're going to be bigger. They're going to be stronger. Because I'm on the sideline with these Alabama dudes, and I'm just like, wow. I'm glad I'm retired. I mean, because these guys are gigantic, man. And they come in, and, and these are, you know, second-year guys that are just man Mountain Dean, as my whole special team coach Bobby April would say. They're huge. So I know they're going to be coached right in that facility as far as the weight room and in those meeting rooms. So the concern, who emerges? And I'm sure someone's going to emerge because this offense, you got to love this offense if you've seen uh, what it's been able to accomplish here in the last six, seven years, even you know when K Kiffin was there because he's the one that fostered this new mindset offensively at Alabama. It wasn't Sark. It was Kiffin. And I hear all these people say, well, give Nick Saban credit for uh, being malleable, if you will. No. Remember when Kiffin, every, no one thought that would work, Kiffin and, and Saban. Right. right. And Kiffin was that man, he had Kenya Drake and he had others, and he started spreading these guys out and utilizing them in the same manner they did at USC with Reggie Bush and, and you know, Lindell White. And look at us now. Sark just took it to a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. That Alabama offensive line, by the way, averaged 6'5", 329 per man last year. You should see them in person. Maybe you have, dude. I'm like, whoa. Man, I, I don't know how the hell I played linebacker against those guys. <laughs> oh. All right, um, we're talking to Brian Jones, CBS College Football Sports Analyst, and let's uh, let's take a quick break here on the flagship podcast. Um, we'll be right back with Brian Jones. Brian, let's get to the defensive side of the ball. I thought you know, offensive-minded head coaches are going to be made or broken by their defensive coordinator. Yeah. And vice versa, offensive-minded coaches going to be – or defensive-minded head coaches going to be made or broken by their OC. I loved the hire of Pete Kwiatkowski and Jeff Choate as co-defensive coordinator. Um, but you're the man. You played the game. Give me your thoughts. Kwiatkowski, I know a little bit more about than, than Choate, and I agree with you. Uh, you're watching him at uh, Boise, and then he goes to uh, – he went to Tennessee – 
And, uh, and then, of course, you know, plugging him now from Washington. Uh, love it. I, I think uh, he's going to bring a, a spirited defense to the table. And there's some pieces on that side. I'm a little questionable. You asked me about concerns. Concerns for me are, are linebacker. Didn't have great linebacker play last year. And the young man who transferred to uh, Tennessee. Juwan Mitchell. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see him in the in big, bad SEC. Okay. <laughs> you think you, you, you couldn't you could cut the muscle in the Big 12. And you think you're going to help cut Cut the muscles versus uh, Georgia, the way they run downhill, and Alabama, the way they run down. Okay, you get ready, young man. All right. Now, Overshawn, this guy, uh, he has a lot of ability. He has that sideline to sideline ability. So I, I like his length, and I like the, the, the playmaking skills that he has uh, showcased. Uh, but still some, uh, some room to grow there for sure. But uh, I, I'm looking to see who's going to step up you know, in this linebacker room? Who's going to be that physical presence? Uh, who's going to be able to to take on tacklers? I watched every film, man, last year, game film, and I just didn't see him being physical at the point of attack. I saw a lot of guys taking bad angles, guys utilizing their, their athletic ability, something I suffered from until, you know, Coach Fuller said, all right, you guys suck at tackling. We're going to tackle. Hell with – individual period and, and going through the bags and things like that, we're going to tackle. And, 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 and if you ask any football player, especially when you get into the season, you don't want to tackle except for on Saturday. And so when you have to do it on, during, during the week, man, uh, you know it's going to be a long week. So we had to do it, but it made me a better football player. So I'm looking to see who emerges, who becomes a better tackler as far as that's concerned. I like these young guys up front. Cobra now, what, what year is it? He may not be as young He's as some other. Yeah, he's a senior, but he's a big boy. He flashed. Uh, the college kid, he flashed on that D-line. So I love that. So I think we got some bodies up front that can really, you know, move the pile, and, and they play with a, a lot of energy. I love to see that. And that secondary, uh, you know, the Jamison kid, oh, he flies around. And, and there's some other pieces back there you, you can hang your hat on. So I, I think Texas – they find those backers. Someone steps up there. They can be damn good. I, I, I don't really don't have a lot of concerns, especially until I see them in the big first ball game. And it is a damn big one. Louisiana is no joke. Ask Iowa State. You ask teams they play in the Sun Belt, they're no joke. This team is, is fierce. Uh, Levi Lewis, the, the, the quarterback, now he ain't going to be – 5'11 on a good day. They say he's 5'11, but he can scoot and he can extend plays. So get ready to run around, but you better be physical because they put a few offensive linemen in the NFL. I think there's one down here in Miami, uh, if I'm not mistaken, off of that uh, that uh, Raging Cajun team. So uh, they're going to come, and they know this is a huge, uh, huge moment for them, just like knocking off Iowa State, who went on to – to uh, beat Oklahoma and then, of course, play them again in the, in, the, in the Big 12 championship game. So they know this could be even a, a bigger get if they can knock off Texas. So uh, we'll see who emerges in that first game. It's going to be a great first test for this defense. Yeah, I agree. And I think the road trip to Arkansas, I said, if Texas Ooh. is 2-0, Longhorn fans should be ecstatic because they'd have real momentum. Listen, Sam Pittman, what he's building there, you know they're going to hit you in the mouth. They yeah. will hit you in the mouth. Get ready. And I'll say this and then I'll shut up. There's a young safety there. Well, Grant Morgan at linebacker, he's damn good. 
Uh, and then uh, there's a safety, uh, Jalen Catalan. Oh, he's the next coming of Steve Atwater. So you run, you, you uh, receivers, you run him back, you get on that second level, look for number one. But that's after Louisiana. We can talk about that game down the line. But first things first. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, that three high safety stuff that they do to keep everything in yep. front of them. Well, let me ask you this, Brian. You mentioned Oklahoma and Iowa State. And how do you see the Big 12 playing out this season? Because, you know, TCU looks good to me, too. And and yeah. Texas has talent if they can pull it all together. What do you see happening in the Big 12 race? I think it's going to be fierce, man. I'm not uh, I'm not going to sit here as stacked as Oklahoma is, and they are. And then they got some damn good, uh, at least one, that Eric Gray, the transfer from Tennessee. He led them in rushing a year ago. He was second uh, two years ago. Ty Chandler was first two years ago and second this past year. He's transferred to UNC. And, and they desperately need him with the backs they lost. Uh, but – I think it's going to be fierce, dude. I'm not necessarily going to sit here and say Oklahoma's going to win this thing. Now, they've gotten better on defense, Benito and Asamoah. I just can't believe that kid squatted five, did five reps and 500 on the squat. I, that'll make you, uh, you, you squeeze your sphincter. I mean, come on. That, that, that's rough. You got, yeah. you got to have an appreciation of how difficult that is. But they're, they're, they're stacked. They're playing better on defense. Offensively, we know what they have with, with uh, Rattler and the running game. Uh, Brooks coming back, partnered with uh, Gray. Uh, they're going to be good, but I love what Iowa State has coming back. Yeah. Everybody, I think maybe two uh, two uh, guys not coming back on the defensive side of the ball, but you still have Mike Rose that linebacker position, and and the the defense is going to be down good. What's it? Owlsworth, I believe, is in their secondary. Yeah. Offensively, I can't say enough good things about. Brees Hall. He reminds me of Marcus Allen. Those those short area cuts and the burst out of them is just beautiful to watch. That being said, we didn't talk about our badass uh, running back. Bijan Robertson is the truth. I call him biodegradable because he <laughs> easily breaks down defenders. That dude, he made a move in the spring game, and I was like, yeah, oh. he, he, he's elite. Yeah, he, he's elite. Not many can do it. You you probably know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, Brandon he's so Depth of putting that arm on the ground oh. and keeping his balance, man. And he can be physical if he needs to be. But we're talking about Iowa State. Brees Hall is the truth. Uh, he's on my Heisman ballot, man. He, he's got to be top three, top four. Uh, and if you haven't seen the young man play, watch him. Just sweet feet. So that, Purdy. Purdy didn't play well in, in, the, in the Big 12 rematch, uh, Big 12 championship game rematch. So if he can take care of those, those picks. I think Iowa State's going to be in the mix. You, you mentioned TCU. Yeah. Uh, defensively, they'll get that straight. Uh, they own Texas as well. Uh, Duke get a quarterback. Somehow that dude just figures it out and gets it done. But I, I think those are going to be your, your top four in the mix. It's going to be Oklahoma. It's going to be Iowa State. It will be uh, TCU. And it'll be Texas. And, hell, K-State may even poke their head into that, you know, in, into the conversation. But uh, the Big 12, they've elevated, you know, what Iowa State doing, what they're doing. Uh, they've really elevated their brand. I mean, Texas fans, and you know Texas fans, they want, they want to be back in the Big 12 championship game. If, and I've said, you know, 9-3, and 10-3 and three with a bowl win, be, you know, and if they are showing week-to-week -week improvement, that would be, in my opinion, that would be a successful first year for Steve Sarkeesian. What do you think? Well, you go eight and three last year, and 
you lost some close games. I mean, the TCU game just ah, uh, yeah, and and uh, what's the running back saying? He's now ball. at USC. Oh yeah, don't extend the ball on first and. Keontae, goal. was it Ingram? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So so you had situations such as that. They're not that far off. They're not. And and where have we seen that in sports previously? I go back to the Bulls. Doug Collins is coaching them. They're getting to the playoffs, but they keep losing. And, and then Phil Jackson comes in and gets them over the hump. You, you got the Lakers back in the day. And who comes in, takes over? It's Phil Jackson. Helps get them over the hump. So this is our third try at, at this replacing, you know, Mac Brown. And, and so – I think Sark is perfect for getting Texas over the hump. You're not that far off. I I, I take nine and three. Uh, yeah, I take that. Then you know you get to the the bowl. You're, you're ten and three. I, I take that. That I don't like eight and three. It's good, but it's not great. And I understand where Texas fans are coming from. We want to be great. Yes, and, and hopefully we can be great. But it's going to take a minute for you to get the depth number one that you need uh at texas because it's going to be a long haul it's going to be physical and then when you make that that plunge into that sec man that's a totally different animal just watching that weekend and, and week out you can knock them off on in a one-off georgia in the sugar bowl but week to week can you bring that same type of funk can you bring that say that's why it's so impressive what Nick Saban's been able to build there. And, and it starts with that foundation. And that's where Texas is. And, you know, the underpinnings of this program have to be physical toughness, mentally tough. And he's bringing that. He, he, there's no way he's not bringing that after what he's witnessed uh, there in Tuscaloosa, what he witnessed at, at USC. So I, I, he knows what to bring. And it's about these guys now buying in. And I believe they are buying in. Uh, so, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be extremely fun to watch. And in Oklahoma, maybe they boat race everyone. I just don't believe they will, but you know, they're stacked. Uh, they got a hell of a football team returning with all those offensive linemen. And, and, and of course the quarterback, all the guys on the defensive side and, and Lincoln Riley knows how to dial up, but that's going to be fun because you, you Lincoln Riley and Steve Sarkeesian, you're not going to outcoach them. I'm sorry. I just don't think you can. I I don't, from an offensive standpoint, those guys are two of the smartest. And Lane Kiffin. I mean, when you see Lane Kiffin cheering, he, he knows he's got his matchup he wants. They have him snap the ball, and he's already cheering because he knows he has them. Yeah. He's raising his that's he's how, raising his arms on the sideline for that's the That's how dialed in. That's oh, yeah. how dialed in these guys are, well, man. BJ, you mentioned talking to Brian Jones, of course, CBS college football analyst extraordinaire. Um, we'll let you go on this, but you mentioned the SEC. You've had a little time to digest. This is going to happen probably sooner rather than later. But what are your thoughts like your Longhorns in the SEC? You about the hundredth person to ask me, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I tell them. I don't care. I just want Texas to win. Yeah. They could be in the boo-boo the fool conference. <laughs> just win. Oh. And that's all they need to do. Just win. And, and it's going to be difficult jumping into the deep end of the pool at the SEC. I get it from a brand and, and, and a monetary standpoint. I get that. 
But now we got to get this football team right. And that's another reason why Sark is the right choice, knowing now that they're going to a league that he knows very well. So that that helps Texas uh, rekindling that that rivalry uh, with Texas A&M. I love that. I mean, Arkansas on the books this year. I love that. Uh, those old rivalries. But know this, speaking of Arkansas, because I was at Texas when Arkansas announced that they were leaving the Southwest Conference and the target grew even larger on their back. And yeah. it's going to grow even larger on Texas' back, on Oklahoma's back, because they are now leaving the conference. And, and I remember Arkansas coming to town, like, okay, you think you're better than that? All right, we're going to show you. And we defeated them the year before they're in, in Vietnam. Uh, and, and, and now, you know, they were, they were coming to Austin. And so we desperately wanted to put it on them, uh, even more so because, uh, they were leaving the conference, but it doesn't really move my needle, man. Great. It was, I was there at, uh, media, SEC media days and things changed quickly when that news broke. It was hilarious, man. But, uh, Greg Sankey, the SEC convention, he was floating that last day, man. You could tell. Uh, that some some big things had, had occurred, and of course he was uh, privy to them a lot sooner than, than than we were. But I just hope they're ready uh, by the time they get there. A and M is ready, and A and M is going to make some noise this year. Uh, they're built for the SEC, and they've got speed to burn all over that team. This team that that's, that A and M team reminds me of the Texas championship team. We'll see what happens at quarterback. Yeah, but that's the only question mark, really. Yeah, that's schedule. it. Well, they lost some. They lost some O linemen. That's yeah. a question. But from a speed standpoint, with 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 uh, Spiller, you know, Nia Smith, these receivers, they get Chapman back, who had the uh, the big touchdown grab uh, versus Florida, and that huge upset. From a speed standpoint, man, they are built right. They know the physical aspects uh, of the league. Uh, so it's going to be fun watching them go toe-to-toe with Bama and, and, and LSU as well. And, of course, Georgia, if they can make it to the SEC championship game. But, uh, you know, it's it, – it's once again, it doesn't move my needle, man. Cool. All right, they're going. Yeah. Great. Uh, I just want them to win. Okay, I lied. One more thing. Any bold, any bold prediction that you're feeling for the college football season – I got a few, man. I don't. I, I I think Iowa State can win Big Twelve. Okay. I think uh, I'm, I'm not sold that Alabama's going to repeat. Not sold that they're going to repeat. You know, they, like, they got a like? damn good, damn good defense coming back. Maybe the most dominant defense they've had in a few years. Uh, and, and offensively, they always just reload there as well. Uh, so, but I think once again, Texas A&M, LSU, and Georgia. And especially Georgia, because JT Daniels is a difference maker. Uh, this guy is the quarterback they've needed, and, and, and he's going to prove that. And he proved it last year in four, four games, five games. Uh, so um, I, I think Georgia is going to have a lot to say, and it helps that they got those transfers. Uh, the one kid from West Virginia, Tyke Smith, in yeah. the secondary safety, and especially Darian Kendrick, the transfer from Clemson. I mean, this guy was – two-time, uh, you know, all-conference, and he leaves. He was always in that doghouse. Uh, Dabo Sweeney said it was the, the love shack or something like that. But, uh, you know, then that's the first game 
his his former school and he and Justin Ross, and I'm happy to see that guy coming back in wide receiver. Those two going at it, and they say they're boys, but you know, just watching that matchup in the first uh, game of the year for those two, that's going to be fun. So we'll learn a lot about about them. But those are my bold predict- predictions, man. I, I think Iowa State uh, can. Can, can win the Big 12. I, I really do. I, I have them right there with Oklahoma yeah. and not so sure Bama repeats. All right. I mean, there he is in that glorious uh, pink T-shirt. Looking good. Looking lean. You yours, you, you, yours is more little, little fuchsia. I love yeah. that. That's one of my, this is one of my favorite colors. Oh, yeah. And you know, being out there in South Beach, everyone thinks, oh, you live in Florida. That's why. No, I've always loved bright colors, man. Yeah. Yeah, and and you look like you're doing the yoga still, and just still got my yoga going, baby. I got to listen. Someone asked me, "Will you ever stop working out?" Well, am I going to ever stop eating? No, so I can't ever stop working out. Oh, that is the truth, baby. That is the truth. Hey, BJ, you are the best. Always appreciate the conversation. Uh, For Brian Jones, CBS College Football Analyst, I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Thanks to everybody for tuning in to this latest episode of the Flagship Podcast. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.